The Gospel of St. John, which is the sermon text, chapter 15, verses 9 to 17. Jesus says to the disciples, As the Father has loved me, so also I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you hold on to my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have held on to my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy would continue to be in you and that your joy would be complete. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you continue to do the things I instruct you. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends because everything that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will endure, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. These things I am instructing you so that you love one another. The Gospel of our Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. There's a whole lot of love in the nine verses of St. John's Gospel that you just heard. There's so much love in those words of our Savior that it's almost hard to keep track of all of it. There's love going this way and love going that way and love shooting off to the side. There's love flowing forward and falling backward. There's love climbing up and tumbling down. And in just a second, we are going to try our best, and it is a pretty big challenge, to try to follow all this love all over the place, understand it as best we can, and grow in it as tall and strong as we can. But before we get to that, as you are listening today to all of this love, Please try to identify the one place there is no love at all. Where is love missing? And when it's gone, what fills the void? God the Father loves his Son. The Bible teaches us that the Father and the Son are one. They are completely unified. The Bible also teaches us that the Father and the Son are two completely distinct and separate. If you would like an explanation of how that is possible, you're out of luck because it's inexplicable how the Father and the Son can be one and two at the same time, but it is what Scripture teaches. Now, because they are one, they understand each other more thoroughly and they can love each other more deeply than we can ever comprehend. Because they are also two, they are able to express that love for one another. They're able to let it flow back and forth, and they do. Jesus says, my father has loved me, and Jesus loves his father back. He loves his father so much that when the father says, go, live and die for the people we love, Jesus surrenders the power and the glory and the security of heaven and comes down into this world to save us from our sins. And when he does, he actually has to take instructions from his heavenly Father. So imagine the eternal, all-glorious Son of God lowering himself to the point where he actually has to listen and learn. That's how low Jesus went. He says, I heard from my Father. 
And not only did Jesus hear from his heavenly Father, he accomplished everything the Father instructed him to do. I have held on to my Father's commands and remain in his love. So we already have love from the Father to the Son and from the Son back to the Father, but there is a whole lot more love to see here. As the Father has loved me, so also I have loved you. The Son puts the boundless love of his Father into motion. And when he does, it looks like this. No one has greater love than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. As Jesus speaks these words, he is only a few hours away from doing exactly that. He has come to the end of his perfect life of love. That he lived to earn forgiveness for all pride, coldness, and indifference. And now he is going to lay that holy life down at the feet of the worst human cruelty and do it as an act of love for the forgiveness of our sins. And that makes us his friends. I have called you friends, Jesus says. Some people have a lot of friends. Some people only have a few. Jesus has lots and lots and lots of friends. Everyone who trusts in him is his friend, and not just a friend, but a friend that he died for. Nobody else is ever going to love you quite like that. I have a friend who has five kids. Every night when he puts them to bed, he asks them the same question. Who loves you more than dad? Sometimes they mess with him for a while, you know, mom, grandpa, the dog, etc. But finally, they give him the answer he's looking for. Jesus. That guy loves his kids a lot, but he is teaching them the right thing because nobody is ever going to love them like their friend, Jesus. And of course, friends do things for each other. So besides taking our sins away, as if that weren't enough, Jesus does even more. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends because everything that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus opens up the mind of God for us. He takes all of those things that he learned from his heavenly Father, he turns around and teaches them to us in parables and object lessons, warnings and encouragements, law and gospel. Because you know there are actually quite a few things that you can figure out about God just by looking out at nature and looking into your own conscience. But there are some awfully important things that you could never know unless you were taught, like the forgiveness of sins, life in heaven, the resurrection of the dead. In order to understand those things and believe them, they have to be taught to you. And out of love for his friends, Jesus teaches us everything we need to know. Here's another example of something you never could have known. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Why? Why did Jesus choose those men he was speaking to that night? Were they better than all the other guys in Israel? Why has Jesus chosen you and me to be his followers? Are we more lovable than the other people in the world? It's just his love. 
There is so much love here. Father for the Son, Son for the Father, the Son for you and me. And naturally, because the Father and the Son are one, the Father loves us too. The Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Love listens. And our Heavenly Father delights in listening to us tell him everything we need and even everything we want. And he cares about us so much that when he listens to our prayers, he will only give us what is best for us. See, it's the fathers who don't really care a lot about their children, who give them whatever they want, whenever they want it. Our Heavenly Father cares about us enough to give us only what is in our eternal best interest, which is what we are asking for every time we pray in Jesus' name. The love is just unstoppable. Father for son, son for father, father and son for us. But remember, there is one place we're not going to see any love at all. Do you have that yet? Before we get to that, how do we express our love for the father and son who have given us so much? If you hold on to my commands, you will remain in my love. You are my friends if you continue to do the things that I instruct you. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. If you want to show love for your God and friend, do what he says. Follow his instructions. In his word, he gives you those commands in depth, in nuanced detail. If you want a tidy little summary, you can use the Ten Commandments. Or, it is also possible to boil God's entire will for your existence down to a single word. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. These things I am instructing you so that you love one another. So this is the life of a Christian, very simply put. Watch how Jesus loves you. Turn to the person next to you and treat them the same way. Don't mind who the person is. Jesus died to make friends out of enemies and rebels. Don't hold back. Jesus gave everything. And drop your pride. Jesus went from the throne of heaven to a manger in the middle of nowhere. This is love for God, to love your neighbor the way that Jesus loves you. There is just love all over the place. Father and son, son back to the father, father and son for us, us for each other, the father and the son simultaneously. And now we come to the place where there is no love. No one in this relationship loves him or herself. There is no inward pointing love here at all. In fact, it was the father's lack of love for himself that allowed him to sacrifice his own dear son. And it was the son's lack of love for himself that allowed him to suffer and die for our sins. So, God's people strive to drive all self-love out of their lives. There's love everywhere except for self. And guess what? When self-love gives way, something else steps in to fill the vacuum. I have told you these things so that my joy would continue to be in you 
and that your joy would be complete. It is true Christian joy to live out the love of Christ. To forsake yourself, to sacrifice, to prioritize the people around you is the most sublime joy that one of Jesus' followers can have. And here's how it works. First, Christian joy is a little different than happiness. Happiness comes and goes, it rises and falls, depends, depending on what's going on around you. But Christian joy is much more consistent. It is much more constant because it is based on truths that do not change. My sins are forgiven. Heaven is mine. Someday, after my faltering body gives out, a resurrection is coming my way. Whether I am having a happy day or not, those things remain true. So, whether I'm water skiing or cleaning the garage, my Christian joy stays pretty much level because it's based on things that are unchanging. One of the things Jesus teaches us today is that a way to know you believe those things, a way to know that they are resting in your heart is to follow God's commands. So, every time you display love, for a fellow Christian, you are proving to them and proving to yourself that you do believe those things. Those promises are in your heart. Every little act of love is a reminder of what you have in Christ. So every little act of love causes your Christian joy to grow a little more. So why not go out today, find somebody, and treat them the way that Jesus treats you? God promises us joy when we do it. Let's go and take him up on the offer. Amen.